everybody. Welcome to Be Significant. We're excited you're back, and we've got a great guest today. I mean, I don't know anybody that's not hurting, doesn't have a pain, especially at Beth and our age. You know, we there's always something. <laughs> I don't hurting. like how you led with that, Beth and our age. I mean, well, on. you know, I'm a lot like older. Than, I'm, a, I'm a lot older than Beth, so like a hair older. It was pretty good. So we've, we've got a great guest today. We're going to talk about Dr. Elaine Fowler here, or D Delaine Fowler here in a little bit, and um, you're going to love her. But we've got Thanksgiving right around the corner. Beth, what, what you got going on? What's, uh, what's Turkey Day going to look like for you? So this year, I'm going to, I always usually change holidays between my brother and sister, but Thanksgiving, I'm going to my sister's. Um, I think I'm doubling up this year. I'm going Thanksgiving and Christmas to my sisters just due to conflicts of that my brother has. So very excited to do that. I always love it. And it's also around my birthday time. I'm a big fan of my birthday. So my sister and I always have a tradition where we look up a new re re like recipe that we're excited about and then we cook it. it. Yeah. And so that's, we just get to cook together. So we really enjoy it. And Gibson is my nephew and he helps us. Um, and then we have a good time. So usually it's a glass of wine, you know, cooking, music, having a good time, and then enjoying it. Awesome. Awesome. What about you? That's fun. We're going to, we've been kind of, we've gotten into this gig where, because um, it's so small, it's just my wife's dad and and the kids and uh, my wife's sister and, and partner. And we've gotten to this where there's these great places around that provide meals they kind of do everything you mean for like you. restaurants well it's our there's a golf course <laughs> uh, there's a golf course uh that we go to that we play at that's doing these huge meals where basically you go pick it up the day before they oh. do everything for you and you just bring it home and you warm it up the next day everything's done it comes with pie and all the sides the turkey costco's got a deal you know so that's we're going to cool. do all that. We still do some cooking because we love, you know, we're, we're a half Asian family. So we love rice stuffing. So I make this rice stuffing instead of bread stuffing. And I have to make a bowl of it the size of, a, you know, the, the size of the Liberty Bell. If you poured, the, you know, rice stuffing in the Liberty Bell, that's kind of the size they like. And they eat it for <laughs> a week. So, and it's delicious. It's with sausage and really fine carrots and celery and spices. And so it's, it's, it's pretty addictive. And uh, so we're going to do that and hang out and watch some football and just enjoy uh, kind of being together, slowing down a little bit. I love that. I think that sounds amazing. I think the the great thing about holidays is I just enjoy and it, I don't know whether you get older. I've always really enjoyed it, but I do enjoy just spending time with my family in yeah. different stages and just everyone's on vacation. So we always do usually some either holiday movies. So we have our Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving movies. We have our Christmas movies. And then depending on where I'm going to be, we always tend to like watch a lot of it. But definitely, I think our Thanksgiving tradition is planes, trains, and automobiles. Do you guys have any movies that you watch for that holiday? Yeah, that's about the time we start watching our Christmas. We've got this, you know, long list of Christmas movies that the kids like, you know, Elf and Santa Claus. Do they like the Polar Express? I have enjoyed Polar that Express. one. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't always come into it, but we have, that's been a, a part of the rotation in the past. So trying to think what else but yeah that's kind of when we start watching those movies i'm trying to get them into the older christmas movies like miracle on 34th street and a wonderful life and you know those those haven't quite don't forget white christmas my sister and i have that song memorized where they yeah. have their song yeah we yeah. love that it's hard to get my kids into things that were made in the 40s and the 50s and <laughs> you know fair point, fair point. yeah but it's, we, we've got we've got this app where there's probably 15 or 20 movies in there that we start watching. Yeah. So movies, movies are a big part of it. It's football and then movies and eat until you can't move. And so, yeah, looking forward to that. that'll be fun. I think Thanksgiving's become my favorite holiday as well. I, I just love them all, but yes. Yeah. I think looking forward fun. to it. It's tell us, a, tell us about Doc Fowler. 
So our guests are going to enjoy this. We have Dr. Delaine Fowler. She's been a PT for over 20 years. She's a recognized expert in the work health connection. Um, she has physical, she's done physical therapy um, in person, more traditional to help out with like recovery from surgeries or sports injuries or things like that. But she's also then really taken a step further and came up with this concept of industrial consultants that are licensed physical therapists that really work with organizations, commercial or corporate organizations throughout the world. Well, more so domestically. I think she's in 20 states, so I might have overclaimed, but I think it could go gangbusters and continue to spread. But really to try to work with organizations to help them and their employees right where they're at to prevent injuries. So yeah. she'll talk about a little bit in this in interview, some time where she spent observing a patient of hers where she was like, what are you doing day in and day out at your work site? Then she was so curious. She went to go observe how they worked when they were on a physical plant line and just some of the observations that actually made such a difference that gave her this idea that says, hey, we can stop injuries before they even become a major injury. And again, then reduce medical bills, reduce any sort of chronic pains, all sorts of things. So I just, we really enjoyed spending time with her. Matt, what would you say that you kind of got from this just to tee it up for our guests? Like I started with, you know, everybody has some kind of nagging thing that's going on, you know, their neck or, you know, especially we all look down at our cell phones all day and we get that hump on our neck and our tight neck. I just think anybody that's going through something, you're going to love listening to Dr. Delane because she, she gives great ideas, great focus, really simple things. But I think she kind of gets rid of some of those taboo ideas that about needling and, and um, cupping and, you know, how important therapy is. And so I think you're going to love it. If you want to be healthier, you're going to learn a lot. And, and it's, it was a fun episode. Excellent. So we hope you enjoy this interview with Dr. Delaine Fowler. Dr. Delaine Fowler, welcome to Be Significant. How are you? Oh, fine, Beth. Thanks for having me. Hi, Matt. Hi there. We're glad to have you. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be awesome. I, I, I'm the guy that's had more injuries than you can think of. So I, I'm, I'm just excited you're here to learn. So sure, sure, sure. So <laughs> I was a, I was a collegiate athlete as well. And, um, you know, my, all my kids play sports. Um, we just finished watching quarterbacks on Netflix. I don't know if y'all seen that. Oh, it's great. I haven't seen that yet. So I got to yeah. So my Kirk kids Cousins. now think I'm the strength and conditioning coach. So they're like, mom, they're like nine, you know, they're 11 and nine. They're like, mom, stretch my hamstrings. I do that uh, again to let our listeners know you're a trained physical therapist, correct? Mm -hmm. And then add all the other credentials. I see a lot of, you know, acronyms past your, your name. So if you want to tell our, our listeners a little bit about kind of your background and your training, but going off of what you said, my sister's a physical therapist as well. And I always build up these, you know, sometimes I call her and I was like, this hurts. And she's like, I can't, I can't do it over the phone. And I'm like, come on, just tell me what to palpate. I use the words. Like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I think they save it up for all the experts. And, you know, again, probably you will do it for your kids. My sister's like, I'll do it for you, but literally I'm off duty right now. <laughs> and I'm like, that's no, awesome. you're not. Yeah. Family. That's yeah good, so that's a good sister. A little bit. I, I love my sister-in-law and she, she calls me with a lot of, she has uh, CrossFit and runs. And so she calls me and I'm always happy to oblige, but, um, my, my family members, I like less. I probably do that too. too. <laughs> <laughs> so, like so I'm, I'm Delaine Fowler. I'm a physical therapist. I've been a PT for almost 20 years. Um, I started my physical therapy practice 15 years ago. We started with a uh, part-time me and part-time PT assistant here in Salisbury, North Carolina. And to make ends meet, I did home health on the side while I was building this practice. Amazing. Um, fast forward 15 years, uh, we're, I'm now in 22 different states, not just with physical, our physical therapy practice. We, we, um, employ over, we employ eight physical therapists right now. And then we have over, uh, 28 injury prevention specialists across the country, helping companies reduce injuries. So we have our PT practice, but we have our corporate consulting side as well, because we, we really feel that the way to help people be well is to, to attack things early so that we are getting problems when they're little before they get big, especially in the workplace. Um, a lot of employees think like I have a physical job, so I'm supposed to hurt. And we're trying to change the paradigm on that, that they're not supposed to hurt. 
they're supposed to be like like athletes where if they do hurt they're supposed to be seeing the pt the athletic trainer um they're supposed to be getting the coaching to not hurt and the conditioning to not hurt um so we treat them like industrial athletes so um, how did you connect the dots like again doing physical therapy seems like of course athletes or people that are recovering from surgeries or what have you but then I think it's so interesting that you're like, listen, we can get ahead of this even more. And so how did you connect the dots yeah. with corporate? So early on, I, I was seeing like most of my practice was work comp when I started practicing. So 98% work comp uh, injuries. And I would see the same people from the same company with the same, like working on the same line with the same injury over and over and over again. So I just got curious and started calling the companies like, hey, can I tour your plant? I need to figure out what these people do because I need to know what they're doing that's causing this issue. And so I started touring plants to help them. And one day I had this lady and of course I'm probably carrying a clipboard taking notes or something like this. <laughs> they're like, who are you? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah, the HR person comes out immediately, right? Like clipboard, like, oh my gosh, what is she doing here? And is she going to fire me? Right. So um, she asked me what I was doing and I told her and she's like, oh, Listen, I went from that line over there to this line two months ago. And ever since then, my wrist has been bothering me. I was like, okay. And so I was like, well, let me watch you work. And if I can help, I'll do it. Right. Amazing. So I watched her work for a little bit and I realized she was like moving her wrist in a really weird way, pushing a button like every few seconds. And I was like, hmm, that's weird. So I called the maintenance guy over and I said, can we move this button like from there? To over here and he looked at it and he was like yeah probably we aren't so i left then a couple months later that company called me back and they said hey we want you to come look at some more jobs and i was like oh that's cool awesome so i came back in and that lady almost tackled me because after they moved the button her wrist pain went away <laughs> and she was like she's like i i thought i was gonna have to have surgery like i didn't know what was going on and it was just that button and you just changed it and and she's like and you know what she said, all my other friends that work on this line, their wrist pain's gone too. And I was like, amazing. That's oh. what, yeah, I know. I was like, this is what, like, I love treating people in my, my practice. I love getting them back to normal, but it's something else to say, I stopped something from happening and to let her be the advocate, right? Like she was the hero because she was the one who said something. So I've spent, spent a career touring plants. Um, I'm like the dirty jobs guy of Rowan County, North Carolina. I know how trucks are built, how tires are retread, how underwear is made, how groceries are packed, how, you know, I mean, and water meters are made. Like I, you know, I know all that. So I don't know the details and you don't want me making that stuff. I would go and like work on the lines to actually do the work. Um, but I'd always say, please put that one in the scrap pile. Yeah. So, but that's, okay. that's really how I got started and, and really built a passion for it. Um, and we really do feel like we have an impact. So now, now we're in um, multiple States doing this kind of work. I have athletic trainers and physical therapists in-house with companies. They, they literally, they are frontline healthcare providers. They walk around all day asking people how they're doing, seeing if they can coach people along in their jobs to do them properly so that they're not hurt. That's amazing. And that's employed by the companies where they're just like, we want to, in addition to the other benefits we have, this is a proactive way. And it's actually reduced company costs if you think about it. So they're not even healthcare costs, right? So right. Really, so brilliant we, idea. we tell companies we can save them millions of dollars if, you know, if they're having recordable after recordable and av the average recordable injury per BLS in 2023 is $43,000 per claim. Holy cow. And that's just direct cost. That does that's not the indirect cost of it. Yeah. BLS Bureau of Labor Statistics for those who don't know. Is that Sorry. correct? Yeah. Just you know, you go back to this this lady that tackled you that you fixed the button with. I mean, the idea that if this would have prolonged for another two months, she may have might have went looking for a new job. Right. Yeah. You know, sure. just the retention of your employees, finding ways to keep them happier. And, be, you know, if they're healthier, they feel better. They want to come to work and they, they like how they're treated and they like the, that opportunities there. That's got to be extremely rewarding. Right. Yeah. We see, we say we're, we're, um, we're the embodiment of goodwill is what we tell our employers. You're, you're hiring us to take care of people. And so that's showing how much our, our clients, the employers care about their employees. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. And, and same, same with retention, right? It costs a lot of money. Like you ask any company, they know exactly how much it's costing them to hire somebody, onboard them, train them. They know exactly how much that costs. So if you can keep that retention and, and longevity, you know, you're really going to be a better company for it. I've, I've got an engineer's mind. I'm always trying to figure out how things work and how to, how to put things together. And, I, and I'm a, I'm a basketball coach. So I'm always trying to figure out how do I keep my kids healthy before the injuries happen? Talk to me a little bit about preventative medicine. Um, you know, if you're working with a group of athletes and I know you're an athlete, and I know you got kids that are athletes. Tell me about the biggest thing you teach kids that are in contact sports about how to, handle that season and what they should be doing on a day and day basis. I want to make sure that my, my focus is in the right place. Yeah, no doubt. And, and kids, kids still need to hydrate. Yes. Those, those kids, whether they're seven or they're 17, they're, they're burning calories like crazy. So you really always have to start with hydration. We start with hydration with our, our um, employees at, you know, our industrial athletes as well. Um, so making sure that they've had enough water, just as a baseline, um, you know, I don't know what school policies are places, but, you know, can you have your water bottle on your desk, your desk or does it have to be away? Um, that kind of thing. So having good, uh, good policies in school about surrounding water and hydration, I think it's really good and making sure your athletes are staying, you know, ready to go. Uh, being hydrated can prevent a lot of injuries. People just, you know, they just be like, oh, I mean, we're mostly, we're made of water, right? 70% of us, you know, 80% of our brains is right. water. So, even the reaction time, you know, even your reaction timing is probably affected by if you're dehydrated. Um, certainly you see that in that, right? You can see somebody who bonks right in a marathon. They're coming towards the finish line and they can't even move at the end of a marathon. You know, part of that's hydration. They just don't have anything left. Yeah. Um, like age groups. So, you know, you said seven to 17. So water, of course, hydration, but like for younger kids that are exploring different sports, is there a common thing that maybe parents can work with or be aware of to keep their kids again hydration is number one but other things like that and then once they may might get more into the high school college athlete situation and again it might be sport depending but just the general advice of what you would help parents and then the athletes themselves when they're old enough to kind of be thoughtful about that what are some of those rules or things you see common that if they do x along with the water they would also could prevent some th certain things. Certainly, especially with young sports. Again, my kids are fairly young. And so I watch them. We get there 30 minutes early and then warm up's not really a thing, right? Like, oh, they're seven. Who cares if they warm up? But warm up is a thing. I don't care. So we warm up before practice. Why don't we warm up properly before a game? All the NFL, like they have pregame warm ups for those NFL players and the NBA basketball players are out on the practice court taking shots before they come on. So I think having good warm-up strategies for coaches mm. and coaches committed to say, Hey, like I, I know a lot of coaches, they're, they're trying to plan the game and plan their strategies right before the game, but to invest in their kids in a timely way to say, we're going to warm, we're going to make sure everybody's warm, that their joints are warm, um, that they're ready to throw the ball. You can probably, probably do better in your games too, if you're warmed up. Yeah. I, I you know, we'll, my younger days, probably 25 years ago, we started every practice with with uh, static stretches. And I've gotten a, away from that yeah. because it just didn't make any sense. These kids are coming from class. It's cold outside. You know, so we do we do jogging. We get them up on the floor. We get, get them running a little bit. Not hard, but just get the sweat moving and the muscles loosened up. And then I do a ton of dynamic stretches. I really work hip flexors and shoulders and things like that. Are there specific exercises you recommend for people that do a lot of that running and that jabbing and going? Yeah, if it's a lot of sprint work, I really say warm up is the best and, and even doing some dynamic strengthening more than stretching, right? Because you want, you want that part of those tendons that react to those quick movements. Yeah. You don't really want it to be stretched out. So to, to warm up doing squats, lunges, push-ups, you know, all those things, getting down on the floor, jumping up, burpees, whatever you do, Good. doing some running and warming up. I think that that is totally the way to go. Awesome. Um, yeah. But re research has definitely shown like that pre-stretch is probably not as it's maybe putting it aside a little more, more risk of injury than uh, a dynamic warm up. But then to, to take the time after, let your kids cool down, get them in a group, tell them good job. 
tell them what they did well, tell them what they could improve upon, make them stretch while you're doing that, you know, and have a stretch leader. It's a great opportunity for kids too. We actually do it with our clients. It's a great leadership opportunity. Mm. If you want somebody to raise their hand to show that they're a leader, you can say, who wants to help me warm up the group? And if you have a set standard of what you like to do, warm up a curl down, you're giving that kid an opportunity. You're getting that employee who might want some sort of leadership role opportunity to to be empowered. So um, I, I love a good warm up for a lot of reasons. I want to go backwards. Uh, tell me how you got into the world of PT because I've mm-hmm. I've worked at universities that have just unbelievable uh, doctoral programs in PT. That seven year program and and I've seen what kids have have left it with and and I have so many kids that come to me that are athletes that I work with that are my clients. You know they love their sport. They love working with athletes and you know PT kinesiology. All those things seem to pop up in a lot of kids' head. How did you get into it and 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 why have you stayed in it and why do you love it? Yeah. Well, certainly I have a similar story to a lot of people. I had a shoulder issue. Um, I was a collegiate swimmer, division one collegiate swimmer. My shoulder was not, um, my left shoulder was not cooperating with me so much so that I could just like, I just couldn't compete. And, but I, you know, did all the things I went into the athletic trainer, um, the athletic trainers, and even in division one, a swimmer is still the redheaded stepchild of the athlete world. So you get the freshman I've just decided I'm going to be an athletic trainer to be your athletic trainer. So that doesn't ever go well. But, um, and the orthopedic surgeon couldn't find any tears, but he's like, there's a ton of inflammation in there. Let me pump you up with cortisone, you know, whatever. But it still wasn't fixing my pain. So I decided, well, there's something wrong. I need to retire from swimming. And I did that after, after the end of that season. And my best friend's mom was a PT and we were at her, we were going to her house for something. And she said, we had dinner. She's like, you should let my mom look at your shoulder. And at this point I hadn't swam in a while. Cause every time I would swim like 500 yards, which is nothing for a swimmer, my left shoulder would be flared up. Anytime I did overhead presses, yeah. my left shoulder would flare up. And her mom did one thing to my neck and gave me two exercises. And within six weeks I could swim as far as I wanted. And I was like, again, I was headed to medical school. I was, you know, in the application process and I was like, no, like, this is really cool. You can put your hands on somebody and fix them. I want to know more about that. So I pivoted. Um, I'm glad I did. I would probably be a terrible physician at this point. Like um, medication management is not my jam. And so I, you know, uh, I'm so glad to be a PT and I've just dove in from there and I just started looking at Everybody is, everybody has a set of goals, whether it's the kid who wants to get back on the field, which is, which I like, I love kids. I have three kids, but that can be a pain in the butt because they don't understand, like they need to heal because they're, they're young. They just think they can do anything. And they um, don't want, and they don't want to take the time not only to heal, but to actually do those exercises. Right, every day. Right. Or where they're boot. like, we, my, 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 my son has, has a kid at school that's supposed to like, he's in a boot until he plays sports. I'm like, you're in a boot. But then when you play soccer, you take it off and you play soccer, but then you put your boot back. Like if there's a stress fracture in there. Yeah. I mean, really? So, but no judgment. Makes um, a lot of sense. You know, so, um, but then all the way up to my, um, you know, nine-year-old that has just been in the hospital for something, but they are still driving. They want to get back to taking care of themselves in their home. They want to be able to go to their social events. And that's their goal. And to work with that person and treat them just like that athlete to say, hey, you got a goal. We're going to go after it. Um, and it's a reasonable goal. We're going to go get it. So that it's been a lot of fun. I, I've treated people. I've treated uh, two months old all, all the way to 96 year olds. And it's really been a joy to watch people get better and to be a part of their healing journey. I think that's where doctors lose out, especially surgeons, right? You put the patient to sleep, you do their surgery, you know, you have a consult with them before, like, yeah, yeah, I can fix you, whatever. And, and then you put, and then you make sure they wake up fine. And then you say, you did a good job. Here are your post-op instructions, even though you're still half asleep, but just here's your post-op instructions. Good luck. And I think they miss out on that whole, you know, dynamic of watching people get better. Yeah. yeah. They also yeah. give poor advice too. Sometimes I love my orthopedic surgeon friends, but they're like, they'll tell their patient, they'll be like, yeah, you'll be better in three weeks. And you're like, what? let's like qualify that. Like you will be able to 
get up and down off the toilet in three weeks, but you're not going to be running marathons in three, you know, so. <laughs> yeah. And also too, I love that, you know, with PTs, I think often they work with the individual patient and then in theory, depending on how they're healing, set those expectations. Like I always found it very customized approach, which I like because, you know, I, I have had like a meniscus tear and then I finally acquiesced and got surgery after I did the PT up until then, until it just was bothersome. But then on the road to recovery, you know, I'm a pretty high pain tolerance or, and then also too, I'm not patient, just like we were describing. So I was really pushing myself, but they were, they kind of knew that in me. So they're also like, let me show you what pain is. And then what you can push past or what you need to stop. Like, this yeah. is what you need to pay attention to. So it was great because they kind of level set that pre-surgery and then post-surgery when I was like pushing, they're like, no, 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 now you're pushing too hard. But it kind of giving me that barometer, but I've had other friends that again, weren't athletes. So where they needed to actually push Pat and they had a little discomfort, they'd stop. And so really kind of, I love that, you know, personal touch, you know, did you ever, you know, I think what's the, the ways that you get to know, not only the goal, which I think is fantastic of, cause that's the individual motivation, but how to get to know the patient so that you can describe, you know, so they don't push themselves too far or they, they actually push themselves more than what they would normally do. So in order to kind of optimize that healing time, you know, totally. you and I mean, there, there's what, 4 trillion of us in this world and there's 4 trillion different people of us. So we're right. not all going to heal the same. We've had different life experiences. Some of us have pushed our bodies really hard. Some of it has have, have lived in our heads our whole lives and, and haven't moved our bodies you know, some of us want to, we can't, you know, so, so there's all, all different stories that come with that person. And I think that's why that evaluation time is really important. PTs are really lucky because we're still sitting in this paradigm where we do get to know our patients. It's not just about, Hey, what medications are you taking? Okay. What can I, how, how can I send you somewhere or give you something different and see how you respond? It's really about like, okay, where, where are you now? Mm -hmm. What are your hangups? What, what are your motivators? You know, and, and even though there's 4 trillion of us, I generally tell all my new PTs that onboard with us. I'm like, look, it, there's a lot of, you know, there's gonna be all different things. I'm like, but there's patients going to kick with your spurs and they're going to, patients going to pull back the reins. And I'd rather have patients that pull back the reins all day. You know, is this, is this is a nicer thing. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, that, that feels nicer. Um, but there are patients that, that, you know, come in with expectations that, you know, that they've either been fed. I had a patient who had a really severe injury and the doctor said, uh, she was a runner. She hurt herself during a marathon. And um, the doctor said, well, I don't even know if you're going to walk on this foot again. Mm. You know, and she was a runner. She was like, what do you mean? Um, but after evaluating her, I was like, well, you definitely walk. You know, I, I was like, this is going pretty good. And we had her running in about seven months, I think. That's amazing. So, with a really, really complicated injury. So uh, it's been a joy to have those kinds of experiences, even the quick ones. I actually get a whole lot of joy out of somebody who's been hurting for a long time and either ignoring it or going, you know, trying different things, but they finally show up our clinic. And we have a really special way of trying to turn off their, you know, we search and destroy where, mm -hmm. where their pain is. And so we'll say, okay, lift up your arm. And they're like, oh my gosh, it's like an eight. That's really, really painful. And you're like, okay, you know, you can see it right with your shoulders hurting. And then you find that spot on their body where you can press it. And they're like, oh, that's yeah. way better. <laughs> and you'll see it in their eyes. So they're like, almost like, how did, how did you do that? Right. Um, that's a, so that, that's that's a that's great a transition. I, that was going to be my next question. What do you do with that person? And I was that person for a long time. So I, I, I'm, I'm, a victim of this as well to my own self. What do you say to that person that's been dealing with that nagging injury and they've changed their life just to, and they've learned just to deal with it? What advice do you give them? To yeah. Well, I, I think that we have to say, what have I done and what have I not done? And you have to remember that not all providers are the same too. There are phenomenal physical therapists and they're ones that stink. There are awesome chiropractors. There are ones that sink. There are great massage therapists. They're the ones that are just going to fluff and buff you all day. And then you're going to like, okay, great. Like and same with doctors. Right. So I think that, um, they're good, good, good accountants and bad accounts are good. You know, I mean, all of us. Mm -hmm. So, um, mine is, is that you need to find those providers that you trust and start to working with them and, and to say like, just because I went to PT here doesn't mean it won't be successful somewhere else too. 
Um, I, I say that a lot that, um, especially now, like PT's gotten so corporate that sometimes you're just getting like the, the one, two, three plan, you know, you're going to do this, you're going to do this, you're going to do this, and they're going to send them out. So, so, but for that person, like to say, okay, what have you done? What have you not done? What have you not explored? Um, for instance, I have a rolfer. Um, I was having an SI joint issue and I was like, okay, well, I have a massage therapist and I have an acupuncturist and, um, you know, my PT. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to see if this rolfer can do anything for me. So to explain explain a little bit more for our listeners. Yeah. So a rolfer is like a, they're like a really intense massage therapist Hmm. and they really are looking at at your whole system. You know, they do a really, really full evaluation, but when they go into to get whatever they see that's not moving right, they go for it. Like you're about to throw up the whole time kind of situation. I shouldn't say that. You've had that really, night. Well. are going to be really mad at me, but this was my experience. Okay. I'm just taking, speaking from experience. Um, but then afterwards you feel, you feel pretty good. You know, what does yeah. that say about me, doc, if, that I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting excited about what you're talking about. You're right. You're people. like, I'm going to write that. <laughs> yeah. That's right. my type of massage therapist. Right. If I'm not right. if I'm not crying at some point and tapping out, I don't think they're doing a good job. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. I, I had a I had a massage therapist. I never I didn't have a, a massage until I was probably 42, 43 years old. Okay. But my shoulder and back were so bad five, six years ago that I had to do something. And I found a lady and my gosh, I mean, she abused me, but I walked out of there. <laughs> every time feeling 10 years younger yeah and so you're telling me i'm gonna get that from a rolfer yeah i'm in sign me but up again like she yeah. said make sure you know you ask the right questions and maybe again let's kind of segue into that what are some what have you found and you might be only ain't only able to speak to pt or maybe some of the the people that you've surrounded yourself with this rolfer as well as an acupuncturist etc but what are some pre-questions or question answers that you can do or you could recommend that our listeners do to, to gauge whether they're right for them? Yeah. You know, um, I think one asking, you know, are you, is this a chain? Right. I think that's a good place to start. Is this a big corporate thing? Okay. Not that I'm against that stuff. And I know there are a lot of great PTs that work for those places, but that those places are really driven on, the number, 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 numbers all the time, um, yeah. you know, and, and they have the leverage behind them to do that. That So questions that I would, I would ask, yeah, that is one of the questions I would ask at this point. Um, just is, is, this like a, is this a chain? And what is that, you know, for yeah. people that don't understand what those chains do, what, what, are, what are your concerns about a chain? Yeah. My concern is that they're always getting pressure from the corporate side to make sure that they're seeing enough people. So for instance, I had a cousin who worked um, in a different state for a a chain and he was seeing six patients an hour. Mm. Okay. We see people one-on-one. We see you one-on-one. How do you help anybody when you're seeing, you only see them for 10, 12 minutes? Right. Exactly. And then how do you bill appropriately for that as well? Right. Anyway, that's a different, whole different question. But I think um, to your point, like in that is to not only are you a chain, but then you can start going from that, like, because of what we just said, mm-hmm. how much time do you spend with patients? What's kind of your approach with patients? How do you get to know the pay? Almost like be curious about how they're going to treat you. You can go through that line of questioning as well. Correct. Or Yeah, totally. Totally. And I would say, you know, are you, are you one-on-one? I think PTs can give good care if they're one-on-one or two-on-one. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you can spend time here, spend time there. It's, you know, if somebody's doing some sort of exercise and you feel like they're doing it really well, do you really need to stand there and watch them do it? Right. You know? But if you're doing hands-on things, obviously you want to be tied into them. So um, how many physical therapists do you have? How many PT assistants do you have? Okay. Mm-hmm. Not that a PT assistant is unqualified. They're not but you're talking about a seven-year doctoral degree versus a two-year associate's degree for the for the PT assistant, right? So the assistant really learns on the job. They get to be that professional person through learning, learning, learning on the job, which does work and it's, and it's fine. But the, the doctor PT has the understanding and all the baseline. So like, for instance, at our office, we're, we're all doctors of physical therapy. We don't have any assistants right now within our... Um, within our PT practices, 
And, and it works out really well because we know our patients are getting the highest care they can. One of my PTs came from a place where he just did evaluations all day. He just evaluated people and just gave them to the PTAs to progress in their plans of care. And not that that can't be effective, it can, but he wasn't able to spend time with his patients. So he came to work for me because he's like, oh, I get to do all the things I was trained to do, not just write on the computer all day. So, but he was literally just standing there, type on the computer, ask questions, move to the next person. Yeah, so. How often are you running into a client where, like we talked about with the athletes, hydration, sleep, and weight loss are affecting their pain more than anything else? All the time. All the time. I, I think we live in a culture that's dehydrated. I happen to be training somebody at one of our um, client companies, and a young lady came up to me and said, you know, I'm fine while I'm standing here, but if I pick my foot up for a minute and put it down, my whole leg hurts. Or if I sit down for like five minutes, my whole body hurts. Hmm. And I was like, well, how much, again, these people work, you know, six to 10 hours every day doing their job. And I said, well, how much water are you drinking? She's like, well, I might drink a bottle of water. Maybe I was like, okay, well let's, let's start there. Let's just start with that and see if we, if you can drink water consistently through the day, and then you get the objections of, well, I have to go to the bathroom. And I'm like, well, yeah. You go. <laughs> you probably won't because you're probably burning it off. Right. Yeah. So, so I think that, I think it's, I think we live in a dehydrated society and that we should, should uh, take that in consideration with everybody. Like, how do we get more clean water into people? What's the um, recommended from your perspective? Cause you always hear different numbers of volumes of water that you shed so like drinking if you're only drinking 12 ounces a little bit throughout the day that's not you know like so it's it's ongoing all day but it's still not enough so what would you recommend would be the ideal amount of water for sure and I think it it really does depend on how active you are too but if everybody got 64 ounces of water every day and your athletes got more I think you'd be you know we'd be doing a little bit better but I can imagine um someone with Alzheimer's um, or dementia, if we, yeah, and, the, and these people may not be remembering to drink and not have an advocate to help them or even identify that they are having memory issues. But if, even if they got more, you know, to drink, then, then they may be more well. Yeah. I don't think people understand how much the water affects their weight. Mm, yeah. You know, I, I last, well, it's been almost 18 months now. I was, 35 pounds heavier than I am now. And I, and in about two weeks time, I saw a chiropractor, physical therapist. I had an MRI at x-rays. I saw two specialists for my shoulders and back. And I, and I just looked at myself and go, what am I doing? I, I go, there's a reason I'm having all these problems. And, and all of a sudden I got, I don't know if you guys know about Noom and I hate to advertise for Noom, but I, I love it. I, all of a sudden I started doing this Noom app and I started learning about my body. I started learning about my intake. And, and it was just a minute every day. I was just reading something. And I started tracking my weight and started tracking how much water. And all of a sudden, I'd lost two pounds. And then a week later, I lost two more pounds. And a week later, I lost two more pounds. And so the, the, for me, the water is everything. <laughs> and I don't think people understand your fruit, you know, your, your grapes, your melon, those, those things are 95% water. So even if you're not, you know, I've got a brother just refuses to drink water. I hate water. I can't drink water plain. Well, that's why you're 50 pounds overweight, you know? So, you know, you got to find a way to get that water in your system. And for me, I love water now. I, I, I have, you won't see me walk around without a, you know, a, three cup mug in my hand and, and drinking all day but it's the fruit for me that gets me through the day when i just you know i can't drink any more water i can pop a handful of grapes i can you know have a handful a cup full of melon and all of a sudden i continue to hydrate myself and and i don't have to drink water straight through yeah and i i'm not a post noon uh caffeine drinker because i'll be up all night yes so I, i'm the same like I, i'll have an apple at the end of the day yeah. You know, just so, just so I don't sit there and snack while I'm making dinner or something like that. Like I just, you know, I, it's worth the sugar calories for me yeah. to get that natural sugar, um, the apple to, to yep. hopefully, you know, keep me out of the, the chips and the Hershey yeah. kisses and all those other things we have at our house. That pint of ice cream. That's always talking to me in the freezer, just yes. constantly talking to me. Yeah. Mine, yeah. I really got a voice. 
Yeah. <laughs> hey, Doc, what, what's your perspective on needling and cupping and all these yeah. these cool innovations that have come about in the last 10 so years that have gotten real popular? How do you feel about those and how much do you use them? So um, all of my PTs are dry needling certified. We think it's a great mechanism to get rid of uh, acute pain for sure. So um, I'll give you an example. My husband, bless him, was hit by a car on his bicycle and um, Gosh. went like a crossroad. Anyway, so he fell with his arm out and had to have, he'd already had one surgery from a collarbone break, but he broke the end of it. Oh. Two, two days later, had surgery on that. Um, and, but his neck was killing him. He was like, like, couldn't move his neck. And I was like, you know what? I said, don't worry. I was like, let's just go over to my PT clinic. We're gonna throw some needles in there. We put some needles in a, a trigger point that was in his neck. And, um, he was like, that was a miracle. Like he said, he went from like not being able to move to moving. Yep. I had a friend who bless her had, um, cancer in her lymph nodes in her neck, had a bunch of lymph nodes removed. Um, and her tonsils, her tonsils are cancerous. So that surgery, your mouth is open the whole time. Well, I came to, yeah, I came to visit her. I just brought her dinner and I came to visit her and she's like, and she's a talker too. So she was like, I can't open my mouth. I was really getting my nerves. And I was like, look, I was like, just go to the PT clinic. Let them, let them dry needle your TMJ um, and see. And I, I told, I told my team to videotape her too. And she's fine with being on social media and all that. I was like, please videotape this because I think you're about to make a huge difference. And she went from this to, you know, open her mouth as wide as possible. And she said she just started to cry. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. If she thought it was the cancer surgery and it wasn't, it was just the fact that her mouth was open for so long and her muscles were mad. That yeah. That's what needling did for my shoulder. Yeah. I, I couldn't put my shirt on. I mean, it, I almost had to go right hand in and then take it down or put the left arm down here and then put it on. And it was, it was so much pain. I couldn't get to my hand behind my back. Yeah. And then I went needled and within seconds, the, everything loosened up, Yeah. you yeah. know? So I love that. I, I love that you, you preach it. How about cupping? Cupping. Uh, we love our athletes love cupping, right? Like, so they, they love having those badge of honors on them. Right. I, have, I have my athletic trainers out and our, our uh, clients, they want to do cupping. And even though we could, I say no, because I don't want to create badge of honors on employees. And then right. they get upset with us because they don't understand. So, right. so that the, the badge of honor actually isn't even bruising. So it's, it, it, people call it a bruise, but it's not a bruise. It's just a discoloration from the changes that have gone on under the skin. Um, so, but I, I like cupping. I've seen some good work with it when you know what you're doing, just like any other modality, whether you're using your elbows, your hands, you're using the scraper tools, right? The Graston tools, you're using cupping. If it's taping, if it's applied in the right way, it can have a huge impact. So, I, so I, I think it's really, it's not just about the modality itself. It's about the knowledge base behind it. So for instance, I, I do a lot of teaching of how to use kinesio tape when we're onboarding new employees. Cause most athletic trainers will be like, ah, oh, it's just pretty tape. And I'm like, no, like, let's, let me show you how, how to apply it properly. And once they start doing that, they're like, Oh, why didn't somebody teach me this? I'm like, this is, yeah. That's yeah. great. What, yeah, what, does, what does the cupping do? I've had it done once. Sure. sure. And for me, it didn't have the effect that the needling did. And, and, and I know the needling really gets into those cells that are swollen or I don't, you'll explain it better than I will, obviously. But it, it just it feels like it released the pressure where cupping. I didn't have that same sense. So with the needle, does. as you put that acupuncture needle into the muscle, the muscle literally grabs it and clings onto it. Okay. And then eventually that muscle fiber, right? You're talking about the fiber. You're talking about sticking it down into the fiber where the cell is. And then eventually that, that fiber gives up. It's like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. You're tired. Okay. So you like, you wear it out. You wear it out. All right. Okay. And then plus you're sticking a needle in something. So, you know, your whole body like goes right to that. You're st sticking a foreign object in there. Right. And so your body goes to that area to say, Ooh, we got to heal this. So then you get the added blood flow and all those good things that come with healing. And then it relaxes when you take it out. People always talk about inflammation as a bad thing, but inflammation in this sense is a really, really good thing. Um, so that's what a needle does. Cupping 
pull, sucks up that tissue, right? So it's like grabbing on all the tissues. Like a pulling the uh, pulling the back end of a cat's head or you know, the neck of a cat, right? That's right. Yeah. And then you're grabbing the muscle, it's grabbing the muscle fiber with it and the fascia and all of that. And so if you're, I think, I think cupping actually probably has more effect on fascial linings than it does muscles. But I, you know, I think that's why cupping probably works for some people where it doesn't is because it's really pushed on fashion. If your fascia isn't tight, then it, it may not let go. But when you do, you're just pulling on all of it to make it change, letting it go. And the same thing, all that blood flow comes to that area. Cause it's like, Oh, something happened over here. Let's go check this out. Right. So that's what cupping does. It's got to be, you, you see all the swimmers. I'm, 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 I don't, was it around when you were swimming? Beth, no, was it around no, when you were diving? Is, yeah, yeah, Michael Phelps kind of, that was right. the start of, yeah, I'm a little older than Michael Phelps. Well, you think that, you think it'd be great for baseball pitchers, anybody that's throwing right. overhand a lot, yeah. swimmers with the over, you know, the, the over, the, the, everything they're doing over their head. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I, I would over, imagine that. really with their shoulders for sure. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, that's, I'm, I'm just excited to talk to anybody that can make me feel better. So I, I, I love it all. Yeah, me too. You know, I, I dig all this stuff too. And I dive into all the new things. We actually have a class four laser at our clinic. Um, and, and that's a really interesting modality as well. Uh, mm. Instant pain control. I actually hurt my back a few months ago. I was, um, I threw my four-year-old into bed and for whatever reason, my back just seized up on me. I was like, oh man, this is not going to be good. That's the problem yeah. with those four-year-olds. You know? <laughs> start getting, like they start getting weight to them and you don't yeah. realize it. You're like, oh, I haven't been conditioning to throw this body. Why the heck do they have to get so big? Why do they have to get bigger than where they were when we, they were sweet little babies and then move yeah. around? I love a four-year-old though. Four-year-olds think for themselves and they have interesting comments and thoughts. So that's, you know, they, they still love their mommies. So that, you know, I love a good four-year-old. That's why Beth, that's why Beth has partnered with me. I've got that four-year-old mentality. <laughs> it's a perfect partnership right it now. It's awesome. Totally works. Absolutely. Totally works. Well, we are so thankful that you are taking the time. We actually want to switch this time over into our rapid fire questions. If you're up for that, are you ready for this? Let's go for it. All right, Matt, you kick us off. I'm ready. All right. I, this, I'm really interested in this one. If you weren't doing what you're doing, if you weren't doing this job as a PT, what, what would you be doing with your life? Mm, I'd... Oh gosh, that's a good question. I hadn't thought about what would my alter ego be doing? Gosh, what would I be? So I, I love helping people and I've always loved helping people. So whether I could be a part of a nonprofit, like serving others, making sure people have clean water is a really important thing to our, our uh, family, making sure people are fed. So I certainly would love an opportunity to, to be, you know, a part of a company that, that would help, help those people. Um, I, I love, I love to cook. I don't think I could be a chef because I don't think I could do it with the pressure, but like, you know, I could have one of those businesses where you could just order food and I deliver it every week or something. I could do that. I love that too. Yeah. That'd yeah. Be yeah. That's what yeah. I, I could be, be I could be anybody's leaders. coach. I, you know, if I wasn't doing this, I'd probably be coaching all the, all the sports teams. I actually almost get offended a lot of times. Like we just are my boys. I have three boys. They just, two of them just signed up for basketball and they, the, head coach text me to text my husband if he'd be the assistant coach and like uh, part, part uh, of me in my head's like could have just asked me but it's fine absolutely yeah i you would say talk to that you, guy. you you would you or your husband be up for it you know and then <laughs> that's like, yeah you've got to still teach you know I'm yeah. Gonna, yeah women yeah, power yeah. but that's just that's just an ego that's an ego thing but yeah but I, i'd love to you know i love to coach and and train people and teach people so anything in awesome that what would you tell your 21 year old self, like from all the experience and advice you've, you've kind of learned over the years? Yeah. Pay more attention, like pay mm. more attention these next few years. I think, I um, think I would have been better off if I had stayed less bored um, as an 18 to 24 year old. Yeah. It's amazing. You know, it's, it's, I, it's, what do they say that youth is wasted on or is that youth wasted on the young, you know? Yeah, something like that. That. yeah I, I totally agree. I would um, relish those hours and hours and hours of chilling time yeah. and you need to chill so I actually just just sat in on um uh, a lecture about play I think play in school mm -hmm. is really important um if yeah. I if I if it was Delane's world I would have every kid at school play play two and a half hours a day just I agree play. not even just, not even sports like just undirected free play they need to move more we're, we're doing our kids a disservice to to let them just sit and be brains their brains and bodies and, and they need to learn how to, to do, be both 
it, it's amazing. Our friend Brandon Slade teaches that too when he's working with with kids that have ADHD and anxiety. How important it is to play before the counseling starts, before the executive function skill starts. So uh, you know, it's everybody eventually has got to get to that point. You know, yeah. where businesses, you know, there has to be some play. You're seeing these big corporations that you, you got pool tables and ping pong and in, in the offices now, and it's just it's so smart. Mm-hmm. So it's great. Totally. I agree. Is, is there adults, a, adults forget how to play and we need to learn. How we to do. Play. Yes. Yeah. Um, is there a favorite book that you're reading right now or you've read recently or a podcast that you're into that you'd recommend? Yeah. So right now, um, I, my, the one I'm reading right now is my favorite, uh, right? Like, like just, that's how it works. Like it'll, next week, it'll be my next favorite, but currently I'm reading something called the bot, your, the body keeps the score. Oh, and it's really, it's a really about, it's, it's a bit about more about trauma than it is anything. But, um, one really great experience I had as a, as a student PT, cause I had this lady who had a frozen shoulder and she, um, she was lovely. Like we got along, she was funny. We had a good time. Well, she couldn't get that last like 20 degrees of motion above her head. And so one day I came in, I was like, Hey, listen, I'm going to stick my arm in, I'm going to stick my hand in your armpit. You always have to warn people when you're going to do that and like qualify, like it's not going to feel good, you know, whatever. So I do that. And we were having this lovely conversation, joking around and she just starts bawling. And I was like, you know, of course I'm a student. So I'm like, oh my gosh, what happened? Did I hurt you? You know, and she said, she was like, no, I don't know why I'm crying. Anyway, so she came in for two more visits. We got the rest of that motion back by me sticking my hand in her armpit. She cried all three times. Interesting. And, but then it loosened up and it was fine. And so I, I was so glad I had that experience then because she had like emotions stuck. Oh, join. She had something sitting there that needed to be let go that wasn't physical. And then, so how was that a, a trigger point that allowed it to be released? Or, I mean, how did you know to try yeah. that? And yeah, that-, that that's the only thing I hadn't really done. I'd done all the other things that made sense to get the motion back. Um, But when I did that, yeah. So whether it was scar tissue or a trigger point or whatever we released. And so this book really appeals to me because it talks about what do we hold in and why is meditation so important? Why is movement so important? You know um, we used to make fun, you know, and when I was 20 years old and you're doing yoga, you're kind of cool as a 20 year old, but you wouldn't, you would like make fun of the long haired hippie dude coming to yoga class um, and now like we all, like everybody's like, oh, yoga um, or movement or meditation or all these things are going to be a lot more central to our our society and health. So um, I'm, I'm really enjoying that book. And then I ha- have a friend who, um, or my brother's friend who writes children's books. And he it's, this one's called, is the Curious League of Detectives and Thieves. Oh, cute. And yeah. And so he's on his second published work and it's a really great book for like seven to 12 year olds, 13 year olds. It's um, really, really well done series of, of books so far. I think he's commissioned for four. What's so his name? What's the author's name? His name is Tom Phillips. I love, I'm going to get that for my son. That sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. I get the first one, get the first one and then, and then the, do this one, but. Curiously League of Detectives, Detectives and, and Thieves. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So tell me what your go-to comfort food is. Oh, that's easy. So anything chocolate. <laughs> um, so my, my team notes, so we had, we had a, a, like a kind of business thing hit the fan um, in early January. I actually had to go back to treating patients just for a little while, which was great. But when I showed up the first day, I brought a jar, a big jar and a gallon of M&Ms. I love and it. And I said, this is here, but M&Ms are my comfort food for sure. And it's not plain, a bad one. Plain, plain or plain and peanut? Plain. Okay. I'm like a total purist. I'll yeah. try the other ones, but um, I can pass up all of them except for the regular ones. Yeah, I love it. What's, is it Costco that has that, or Sam's that has that big jug, that big square jug with the screw top of M&M's? Yeah. yeah. That's uh, that's dangerous for me. Mm-hmm. All right. How about, how about movie? Is there a go-to movie in your life that you love, that you watch over and over again? that's significant um, to you not so i'm not such a movie buff 
we did, you know, my husband and I watched The Office religiously um, when it was out. And so now our kids are into The Office, but every, every time now I have to qualify because none of it's appropriate. Right. right. I'm it's like, you could like, never like, at, like, I mean, my kids are, are 9-11. They shouldn't be watching The Office. Like, I'm like, listen, if you did that at the workplace, you, you would get walked out yeah. at worst, you know, at, or at, at least, and you might be something worse. Yeah, so, you had to bring it up. We have an, a VP of a, Human Resources on the call. She, she, this, you're that's right. I know she's like, I'm not going to watch this. It's painful for her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know. I know. So, um, but we definitely like The Office. My my little person likes um, America's Funniest Videos. So we watch a lot of fun. That's great for young ones. Videos. I love it. That's yeah. awesome. Well, this one gets you thinking more. If you were president for the day and you didn't have to worry about Congress or getting it all by, you could just focus or push through one major initiative, what would that be for you? Yeah, I think I said it. I would, I'd have kids be able to have play and have good places to play, open spaces, um, mm -hmm. two and a half hours a day. I think kids would want to go to school more if that was the case. Right. You know, and I think teachers would be, would because that's two and a half hours where you're not in the classroom teaching either. I think it's a release for the teachers too. So I think it's there's some there's some smart ideas in there that we can play with. Well, I think that kids have so much energy. My mom was always, I mean, she was a teacher and she was a big advocate of, they need to get it out, right? Like just sitting all day, it's not good for them. They need to get their energy out. Cause also then we say, when you go on a walk, I have some of the best innovative ideas when I'm not thinking about what I'm supposed to be thinking about. All of a sudden yep. it's like, Ooh, that's what I'm going to do, you know? And, but it's just cause you have to take your mind off of it and move the blood. Right. Yeah. I love it. Yes, I Last question for you, Doc. We, we like all of our guests to kind of leave our audience with a piece of advice. Is there a piece of advice that you've received over the years that it's kind of become a mantra or something you just you've, you haven't forgotten? It's always stayed with you. Yeah. So, you know, there's there's a um, uh, parable and, it, and it's uh, just really a saying, honestly, um, is it, I've seen it as an Amish saying. I've seen it other things, but it says pray and move your feet. And so I think that people who take action, um, when they want to go in a certain direction, have better trajectory. And so we can, we can wish all day that we are a concert pianist or don't have this back pain or get that project done. But unless we actually take steps towards it, then we're not, then we're never going to progress. So, and people like we project too much about, well, what if I fail? right? We worry about too much about the future or we worry too much about the past or the people in our past who are going to be like, well, you're not good enough or you were never good enough or, you know, they're going to make fun of us for doing whatever we're doing. Um, but living in the present of what, how we can help the world. I think that praying and moving your feet is a really good thing to do. I love it. I love it. It's like right in line with what we're trying to do on this podcast. So it's fantastic. I mean, other than move your feet. So we'll just add out of that to our little yeah. bit. We're moving but, uh, miles, Beth. <laughs> it's calorie burden yeah uh, yeah i mean this this thing takes up a lot of energy yep exactly I mean, we're moving a lot right now yeah, it's, it's what what's a brain's like 10 15 percent of your body maybe at the most and it takes up 70 you know 60 percent of your energy exactly that's what i'm going to tell people from that's now right on. i'm exercising in my i'm mind. leaning on the stats i'm leaning on the stats i love it well thank you so much for spending time with us i mean if you want to tell a little bit of our listeners i have it pulled up but about your website and where they can go learn more about you, get in touch with you, whether they're a corporation, whether they're an individual. Can you tell us a little bit about that for our listeners? If they're interested? Yeah, and, where, and where you're located too, Doc. Let's yep. So, so our, our physical offices are in Salisbury and Concord, North Carolina. Um, but then we're in 22 different States with our corporate consulting. So we're in almost half the States. Um, we can find me on Instagram, Instagram on LinkedIn. Delane Fowler. And then you can also find us on working healthy you with you with a you.com and accelerate-pt.com. So you can touch base with us there too. So I'm always happy to chat and see how we can help and, and what problems we can solve for people. That's awesome. Well, again, I'm so glad that you and I got connected and that you took the time for uh, us on this podcast. I think Matt and I are just, we always get awe-inspired, the things that we learn and then the people that we get to connect with. And we hope to spread kind of all the stuff that you're doing throughout, again, the United States, individuals, if they go physically, or again, I think corporations, the whole preventative healthcare of just what you can do right where you're at, whether it's sitting in a desk or on a line, I think is 
is amazing. You know, going back to your story of just moving the button, you know, it's something like, again, if an employer wants to show their employees how much they invest in them, that's fantastic, right? So definitely, if you're interested, reach out to you. We'll go ahead and put this on our notes as well. So people learn a little bit more about how to connect with you, but thank you so much for your time. We really no, appreciate it. Thank you. This was a great conversation. I enjoyed it. It was awesome. Thanks for all you do, Doc. Y'all right. take care. Take yeah. care. Bye-bye. Well, Matt, what did you think? I, you know, it's, it's what we, it's what we, we hope we, we, we bring on somebody that can make a difference in the world and loves making a difference in the world. And that's, that's doc. She, she cares about people. She, she's excited about new things and finding different ways to make a difference. And it was great. I, I love talking injury prevention and health. And so she, she was a great one to talk to. Yeah. About and I things. think it's, what I love is too, you know, I've, I've had, people in my life, you know, kind of growing up, what I was always a big fan only because of experience of, and I would say, quote unquote, alternative care. I mean, I think physical therapy is probably more in traditional care, but then that's in line with acupuncture, in line with nutrition, in line with, you know, just massage therapy. I've, I've done chiropractic care. Yep. So I kind of have my people surrounding me. And I love what she says is if they're good and they're, you know, not great people, in all of these professions up to including accountants and doctors, et cetera. But you have to ask the right question. You have to make sure they're putting you first and that they're going to spend time with you and your needs um, and have that customized approach. But I love that she's open to all of it and saying it could all be good. And there's, like you mentioned, needling and cupping, there's different ways to do different things and it will meet different people where they're at. So I thought that was amazing. I did too. You know, I'm not a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a person of faith, but I'm not a person of religion. So for me, when I hear her quote, you know, pray and move your feet, that's how I, it's how I see spirituality. You know, I was given the gifts that I have, I need to use them. And, and I love the fact that, you know, we have this venue to help people get moving, get using their feet, uh, whatever that may be, go get, you know, I, I know how bad of a dad I am when I don't feel good. I know how bad of a husband I am and how bad of a friend I am when I, when I'm hurting, whether it's emotionally, whether it's spiritually, whether it's physically. And, you know, I think her message is, you know, get right, find a way to get right, get healthy and, and, and don't wait for it. You know, the sooner you go get your body feeling good, the rest of you is going to feel good. And then everybody around you is going to feel better. So I love that train of thought. Yeah. I also like where she had indicated, and I think it's, it's so true, but sometimes we forget about it, especially when you're treating something physical, that there is an emotional component. And I like the experience when she was like, I'm a student and we're trying different things. And the fact that literally whatever she was doing to trying to get mobility in the same spot, it literally released an emotion of that woman holding on to stuff. And I yeah. think it's amazing how it can be expelled and pass through different forms, whether it's, you know, we talk about wellness and mental health. But also too, just how your body really clings on to those emotional scars, just as well as those physical scars. So again, yeah. it just goes back to kind of getting, you know, really take care of yourself, like mind, body, and soul, like whatever that means for you, but just think through all of those options as staying healthy. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to make you uncomfortable for a second and, and you're going to live <laughs> with it. But I, I relate to what she, she talked about the woman that she went under her arm to, to show her where that pain was emanating from. It, it's emotional pain too. Cause I remember when the company you're at, you guys decided to hire me. I'd been with the same company for nine years and I didn't realize, I knew I was unhappy. I knew I was miserable, but I remember when I, when your company brought me on and you brought me on, I had this emotional release that day. Mm. And it was just like, I didn't realize how much I was carrying on my shoulders, how unhappy I was. And so I, I, I love that she brought it up. I think it's important for you and I to keep talking about it, how Great. important it is to talk. You know, it's not just physical therapy, getting counseling, getting, uh, talking to people you care about and you trust and opening up and saying, this is how I'm feeling. You know, I, I just did certification for being a coach at the high school that we have to do every year. 
and, and, you know, suicide and depression and all those things are so prevalent with teenagers mm -hmm. and young people and getting them to understand how important it is to talk and, and deal with those issues. I know we didn't get into a lot of that with Dr. Fowler, but, you know, I think her advice spreads through all that. You know, yeah. it's, it's, we need to be open-minded to taking care of our body and our soul before we, we do anything else. Yeah. And I think as a little teaser, but not to give too much, you know, um, in the next couple months, we're going to have a guest that will release on this podcast that will also kind of speak to what we're talking about, that emotional health and therapy, but through a very alternative, unique way through music. And so more to come yeah. in this space. So exciting. We are so excited that you stayed tuned in again. Thank you for listening. Um, if you enjoy it, we'd love for you to continue to follow us, um, share our podcast with your friends. Um, again, keep giving us feedback, writing to us at be significant, the number four, the letter U at gmail.com. And again, as we mentioned, if you would like to rate us because you're enjoying it, we would love for you to do so. And with that, we really want you to, again, take care of yourself, take care of your mind, take care of your body, take care of your soul and whatever that means for you. Get out there and move. Um, get out there and drink water from what we learned in this episode. Make sure you're really taking time for you and balancing all the stuff that you've got in your life and what the world throws at you. And make sure that you just don't let life happen to you. Go out there and make it happen. And thanks for listening.